The Boiled Sports Handsome Hour is sponsored by Martin Vintage. Visit martinvintage.com for an excellent selection of classic Purdue t-shirts. Enter Boiled at checkout for 15% off. martinvintage.com And by AJ's. When you're in West Lafayette, visit AJ's on Vine Street for an excellent selection of beer, burgers, and beefy boilermakers. EatAJ's.com And by Gridiron Metal Works. For outstanding college-themed gifts for the metallurgical fan in your life, check out the grill grates, griddle grates, koozies, and much more from the handsome boys at Gridiron Metal Works. GridironMetalWorks.com So uh, maybe Mario Kart, maybe a go kart yeah. metaphor is better for this. Like it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's fun. <laughs> Welcome. That's, why, that's where Dowd's nickname of the human blue shell comes from. That's, that's right. That's that's right. The, yeah, the Mario Kart. And now he's one of those bombs with eyes. After going through all the technical difficulty. <laughs> oh man, man. Yep, it worked. All right, good. Ah, uh, so we're we're here. We said when we say we're coming to you live. <sighs> Like we're we'll be here we'll be here it's fine yeah it's we will fine. eventually come to you live that's, that's pl- true pl- plus or minus thirty ish minutes it's okay it's totally fine uh, I am my name's Anish hello everybody um, we got Boiler Dowd on the line Hi. he's in Hi. a good mental space in a great space it's great he's he's just he we're late because he was doing some yoga he was getting in his right That's frame right. of yeah. mind he was calming himself exactly he was getting good it wasn't technical difficulties like there are rumors out there don't worry about it don't no. pay attention to those technology's never a problem for a handsome hour basketball beat any any of these entities that have you guys have come to know and love it's just not an issue and uh, from his um, Texas Ranch airplane hangar, it's mm-hmm. Michael or the Railroad Tie on Twitter. Hello, Michael. Good evening, fellas. Um, uh, uh, J Money needs his uh, his beauty rests, and so that's you know we're we're letting him. He's in know, the margin. Off the, uh, of course he is, because why Clown. would he be sleeping when he could be when he could be working? <laughs> But he yes. does have our back. He does have. He does. It's. Oh no. He just has his back. So right. I'll just put up. You know. I have the. I have control of the uh, comments here. Oh no. Is Jay okay? He's elderly and fragile. I like this one. Is he? Is he? He's the older of the of the two of you. Uh, I'm the older. I'm. I got him. We're not going to count that. We're not going to count see. that. We're going to subtract it. We're going to call him the older one. Okay. Let's do it. He's in okay. an airplane. This is neat. Through the modern marvel of technology, he is. What our planes are are any place between thirty five and ninety thousand feet? Is that is that in the range? Is that right? Isn't it like you could 000? you yeah. could have said numbers, and I probably would have. I think agreed. so. Jay is thirty five thousand feet above the uh, planet, listening to the Handsome Hour, as this, you guys all are. This um, it's modern marvels of technology are that yes. you can sit in a tube in the air fly from major metropolitan area to major metropolitan area on yeah. a supercomputer in your pocket. Right. Connected to a worldwide it's network of information. Amazing. And it's what amazing. J Money does is stream the three of us morons that he listens to every day. That's awesome. just, and I he just, is, it, yes, he's on his private uh, Gulfstream. That is correct. Motor he City. apparently hasn't like beaten his pilot enough to where he's installed Wi Fi. That he could jump in, right? To jump in. 
Exactly. Yeah. I, it's because the podcasting equipment isn't there. You know, I mean, yeah. that's the major, that's the major problem. This, the recording studio is not quite yeah. set up not yet. Did Michael get an intro? Did you give him an intro? I know we, we I gave him an intro, but who cares? Okay. <laughs> so yeah. um, we are here. We were complimenting your shirt earlier, Boiler Dad. Yeah. This is why you got to watch it on, yeah. on the YouTubes, the, you know, the Royal script, the, the perfect black and gold. It's great. Well done. Yeah, it, I, I wish I could tell you it's a Martin Minish shirt. It's not. It, I've had it for quite a few years. It's made different appearances on on QuickCast. It's probably my favorite shirt, but it's close to the end. I, I mowed lawn in it today, and uh, oh, you can't, you can't, you can't. Yeah, you... yeah, it's it's been downgraded. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> yeah. if I raise my arm, it's pitted out. Honestly, <laughs> so yeah, it looks good on the it looks good on the cast. That's why you should just keep that's, it for that's this. All that matters. That's yeah, all that exactly. Matters. Yeah. And speaking Just, of T-shirts, yeah, Martin Vintage. Head over to Martin Vintage, martinvintage.com. Enter Boiled Checkout, get 15% off. Uh, they don't have this shirt, but they've got a lot of cool stuff. And um, we've got other sponsors. You've got the Boiled Sports um, uh, fan, only fan site. Exactly. Boy, uh, Boiled can... Sports fans only store where you can yep. get this uh, beautiful mug that yep. we um, uh, aluminum uh, mug that we gifted to somebody who jumped my car because awesome. J Money because J Money and I went a uh, shout out to Merrick. His handle his his name is Merrick, and his handle on Twitter is a underscore Merrick underscore ah. It's fantastic. Tremendous. He's one of us. Yeah. Um, and and then and and of course you guys made an appearance at our, our one of our main sponsors, AJ's. We were at and, AJ's. And many people told me they shot you would think AJ's had like seven thousand seats. Because I literally got people like texting me, Hey, guess who I just saw? And I wasn't even on campus yet. You guys were you guys were uh, munching so in AJ's and we were we we were walking up to AJ's. Um, and there was like a huge line outside and we were like, wow, it's crazy for AJ's just to organize this for us. It's great. Um, turns out Drew Brees and Kelly Kitchell are open about 15 feet away, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so Drew was like right outside. Um, and so I was I kind of walked up and said, Hey, likewise, you know, what's the crowd and, um, you know, who's, who's opening this. Who's and this so, and I, I didn't realize that the restaurant was the, was the players that were doing it. I knew that they opened the, um, like they, they had a bar down at the levee, I think, or a restaurant down at the levee. They had another one somewhere else. And so this is, I think, their second or third place. I think Lafayette. Drew is going to own, own like all of Lafayette and West Lafayette. Makes sense. It yeah, makes sense. It's He's got the money. His plan is, yeah. well, well, don't worry, Denise. We can all rest assured that even though Drew and Kelly got the big crowd there, um, all the women in their 40s that were there were there for you. We were so, there. Hey, the legend time, continues. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Continues. Shout out to everybody who said hi. Shout out to Merrick who jumped my car because Jay Money and I were too busy looking into each other's eyes at the tailgate while charging my while charging our phones in my car that wasn't turned on. <laughs> and I was Oops. like, we could do. In my head, I was like, even if we forget about this, like there are Purdue fans all around us, so it's fine. It'll be fine. Um, It'll be fine. But like, yeah, um, Merrick brought one of those little guys um, that jump starts a car, and so we gifted him one of these, which you should get these cups that uh, nobody Fantastic. can see what you're drinking in this. So for me, it's ice water today. Yep. yep. I'm actually in a, just a plain old stainless steel. See, look at how water. sad that looks. Look at how sad wow. all of your look things at yours. look. Yeah. This, this isn't be, insulated. Yours is insulated. This could be just a normal, like, you know, normal cup that you pour things into, or you can, it's a can koozie. Boom. You should get one. It says this, it's black try and to gold. Try to fit a can in that. 
you can't fit a can can't in it. it. You can, yeah. but it's very uncomfortable. Um, we saw you guys at the game. Uh, we, awesome. we were there with the Dowd clan. It was nice to see the whole Dowd clan there. Yeah. I got to tell you, I, I had this um, stupidity about me. I was like, oh, I just saw those guys last year. No, no, no. Had it been since t- yeah, three years, 2019. 20, 2019 was the last time we saw right, each other. And all person. of us, Michael, you were there last time. I think a football game. We were the four of us. And did we see Dave? That was that. That was a, uh, we, was that a I think we saw or we walked with Dave up to the um, yes. you know up to the stadium that year. Yeah, that was a big one. And I think we might do it again this year. Michael, Could is there be. a chance you homecoming? Yes. I'm, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm trying to just, make the homecoming. Awesome. Just always tease it. Just always tease it. Don't worry about uh, yeah. you know, don't worry about definite plans. Right. Uh, but, but that's yeah, a big I mean, deal, guys. I'm not I'm gonna let me get out of this. Like, that's a big deal. Seriously. I mean, seriously, that's an end of a really crappy era not getting to see you guys every year that's lousy right and so this was fun i mean i obviously we all hate to see purdue lose but it's all about right there man seeing you guys hanging out with you at the game it was great we were were there on campus all day i mean like you know if you're away from campus for a couple years you know it it's like i mean everything is changing it's so great like it's so awesome to see it um like and it's great seeing people kind of out there, and that's and it was a beautiful day, and so the and like honestly, Purdue looked fine. Like Purdue looked pretty good against a pretty good team, and so it's yeah. like it, it's good. We, um, uh, Mrs. Boiler Dowd saved my phone on multiple occasions, uh, because I was getting boisterous. Mm-hmm. But the that's what was happens. getting away, wasn't it? Yeah, you know it can't. You know it. It, it was. Uh, you know it was. Uh, it was. It was sliding. It happens. Yeah. Um, but like you know, it was. It was good to see everybody. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome, and um, obviously Purdue uh, couldn't close it out. Uh, I would say to call that one, uh, <laughs> to use an old one, to call that game winnable is is not giving enough credit. The game was in hand. One, yeah. Well, yeah. so here's the here's the thing: is that it what the the reason that we're so mad is because it was like the game should that Purdue should have had a win against a pretty good solid team. Um, you know, in the, you know, like at home to kick off the season outside of the easy part of the schedule. Right. And yeah. so that's a, that's a good reason. Like upon reflection, after cooling down for a couple of days, that's a good reason to be mad. Right. It means yeah. that yeah. there's, you know, it means that there's going to be like a, it, it, that there's still a good foundation that you're building on. Right. We always talk about that as like, what are you building on? You know? Right. Right on. And um, so I came into the game, I think uh, if we can, we can do this since Jay's in the margin here. I don't know if he, he's listening still up in the in the ether. Um, but he was the one. He was the only guy who had the confidence that Purdue was going to win going in. Good on him. I, I I will never discourage someone for being optimistic. I hope, you know, I feel that good coming into other games. I feel good this week. Um, but, um, yeah, he, he was confident. I don't think any of the rest of us were. And the way I look at it, and I, want to, I want to ask you, and I don't know if Michael can can hear us right now, at, in the wake of what we saw, in the way Purdue lost the game, in the way they played the game, the okay, let's let's review a few things. O'Connell passed for just over fifty percent completion, not very Aiden O'Connell like. Um, the receivers, which we all thought might take a little bit of time to, um, might take a little time for them to find their roles. That we saw shades of that. Um, defense missed some key tackles. Um, but 
at the end of the game, Jeff Brom, I, I still think this one's around his neck a little bit because he, he he's talked about running the ball off season. And then when they really need to run it, he ran it one time in the last 12, he called one run play in 12 plays. So to me, that's him. And I'm not, so I'm not a person, none of us on this, just to be very clear, nobody on this podcast, nobody really at boiled sports at all was even sniffing towards being angry at him. Uh, to the point where we'd be like, oh, you know, like burn it down, anything. We just are calling it as we see it. And I think we're all in accord there. But after after you see the loss, the way it came down, does anything change in the way you see the season unfolding? No. So the season unfolding, no. You know, but the the there are pieces that surprised me for the better. And there are pieces that are are worse than are worse than I thought, right? And they're small, but like overall, I think it's still like the expectation of something like eight wins, eight wins in the regular season is like still still there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think well. So I had to go off camera for a second because a hummingbird literally fell from the ceiling. <laughs> That's what I was holding up to the camera. I had to go. I had to go put him outside. I don't know. He's probably not going to survive the night, but I did my best. But on the wait, just side, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, just <laughs> wait, just yeah. fell, just fell. So hummingbirds expend a lot of energy, right? Right. right. And I have the, I had the, I have these two, like feeders, uh, aluminum doors that I like, uh, garage doors in my yeah. shop, and sometimes they fly in here and they can't find their way out. So okay. poor guy was exhausted. Man, that was I, that was that was me on Friday. That was me was, on Friday. <laughs> I, you know, uh, to the question though, I think we talked about this during the last podcast, which was win or lose, like we can learn a lot about this team, but it, losing doesn't change the trajectory of the season, and I, I still believe that because they, this is one of Purdue's tougher games this season, and week one is always weird. And, uh, I, you know, I think they played well. They made mistakes. I'm not a huge fan of the coaching down the stretch, but I sort of get it at least a little bit. You know, and I, I'm, again, we're all fine with the aggressive kind of play calling, right? You'd rather be aggressive than – you'd rather lose aggressive than lose passive, right? Yeah, so, so Brom talked a little bit about this. He was asked pretty pointedly, not only in his post-game presser, but his Tuesday presser, I guess, and then again on his show – People asked over and over and over about play calling. You could tell he's bristling a little bit and he's digging his heels in. Um, and he's, he, what he keeps saying, I don't know if you've heard it, he keeps saying, yeah, we were moving the ball. And I think he's referenced to the fact that that Sheffield had that 15-yard gain. And he, he really thinks that if O'Connell would have just kind of not – you know, like I don't even I don't I still don't understand that pass, how badly it came out of his hands to to Durham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I, number one, I think Brom thinks he caught it. That's the first thing. Second, I mean, so he keeps saying it was just overturned catch. It looks like it was a, not a catch to me, but whatever. I mean, it was right in front of him. Um, but the I still think you can be aggressive in your play calling and call a, a running play. And the other thing is if you start the idea with three possessions left that you're going to run a little bit, run on first down just to eat clock, yeah. maybe that changes the trajectory too. I mean, like, I just, gosh, 
I mean, well, and also, I, to, to me, though, what the most frustrating part of this is that, you know, in the moment you're thinking just run the, because we're idiots and we're not, you know, we, we are football sure. fans. We're not football, uh, you know, schematics, let alone like Purdue coaches. Right. But right. like what you're thinking is run the clock. There are multiple ways to run the clock that yeah. isn't just running the ball. Right. Right. Like, right. For how many years did we slam our heads against the wall every time a bubble screen was called? Right. But bless it, if we, I mean, like, if I was just called, like, yelling for a bubble screen at that moment, right? Sure. Or, like, so a creative way, to, if even if it's not, you know, handing the ball off to King Daru, a creative way to get King Daru, you know, the ball on the flat while he's staying in bounds, yeah. right? There is a way in the air to guarantee that, you know, um, you know, a quick completion while the clock turns, right? right. A right. safe a completion. Screen, a screen pass is a running play, basically. Yeah, yeah. For, and so, for the purposes that we were asking for one. Well, so, how about this? How about this? And maybe, maybe I'm being again naive. I, I am a fan, and and but a jet sweep. I mean, something just to something. get just get some some motion. Not only was Purdue not calling run plays or passes in the flat. But they were very vertical routes. Yeah. To me, you're going right into the strength of Penn State. Th those defensive backs are damn good, and oh. they could go one on one with Purdue all day long. Yeah, they just they just had was, athletes. They was had it, very very good defense. Was it that made you feel old this time? Was Porter's kid Tracy Porter's kid? Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, like he's a yeah. stud. He's an NFL yeah. player. I mean, like yeah, and yeah. and Purdue kept attacking him. And yep. again, like Aiden O'Connell, a seventy percent, seventy five percent completion. Uh, you know. Um, uh, uh, quarterback, a very safe quarterback, down to fifty percent. His worst completion percentage, I think, of like a major, you know, volume game of his career. Right? Mm -hmm. It's because strength against strength, and in the end, it was strength against strength, and Purdue, like, drew it even. And the big things that that kind of um, uh, you know flipped the game were the game with a fumble i mean in the moment i was saying this that fumble at the end of the half followed by a three play drive for a touchdown two or three play drive for a touchdown right that's with, seven with, with three missed tackles on the same play at the very three least, missed tackles on the same play if you look at, at the that. at the very least that's a 10 point swing right that what should have been three points three to seven points in Purdue's favor yep ended up being seven guaranteed seven for Penn state. Yeah. And so it's like, you can't just give Penn state 10 free, a, a free 10 point swing. You right. can't give them seven free points when you're about to be in the red zone. I mean, mm -hmm. that didn't, so technically Purdue went, you know, three for four scoring touchdowns in the red zone, one field goal. So Purdue scored every, all four times they were in the red zone. The problem is they didn't count that one, you know, where Brock top, was it Brock Thompson? Uh, no, it was TJ Sheffield had the ball broke through the red zone should have been down. That right. should have been carrying the ball in his right thing. arm and he should have had his left. And, and, and that, that play was, that's been addressed a bunch of times by Brom this week and other people. Um, the funny thing about that one is a, a kinder, gentler Jeff Brom emerged last year at times, right? We started seeing it with the way he, you know, didn't yank people right away, but he gave Sheffield another shot pretty quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I think he was back in the game, I think he waited probably a, a quarter full time, but middle of the third quarter, Sheffield was back in. The funny thing is Rice looks really, really good to me. And Brom talked about, he said, 
he's just not prepared right now because he's missed so many practices in camp because of lingering injuries. Um, but I, I, boy, I, I like the way Rice looked. I like the obviously Jones looked great. I would like to see more uh, Tracy on the play. And can we uh, so yeah. focus first, first like focusing on the running game? It's like yeah. um, uh, uh, Tyrone Tracy, like just give him a shot, right? And right. especially right. as a receiving, as a right. receiving back, like give him a shot, especially if you need to make quick quick completions. So and- here, here I've got a theory about all this stuff where um, Jeff Brom. And I talked a bit about this in the post game that that Jeff Brum's first game woes continue, right? That Oregon State kind of looks like just this aberration right now. Um, obviously, Brian led him to a victory in the in the COVID year with with a very different type of game plan, very very steady, very patient at the end of the game. It's easy to do that versus Iowa. It's not easy to do that versus Penn State. But the, but there are many things. For one, why not? And I'm not trying to be a smart aleck or funny. Again, I'm just I, I was racking my brain. Brahm is a lot more creative than me. But if you know that the clock is your enemy, right? Or the clock is your your friend if you can get the clock to start melting or get them to use some timeouts, why not handle first down almost like a goal line set and bring in all those big guys? He had Mabau, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct, in a couple times at tight end, mm-hmm. um, especially down in in short short yardage uh, down on the goal line. Yeah, why not handle one of those first downs? Like say, okay, we're our goal is to get four. We're gonna pretend the goal line's four yards away. We're just gonna run smash mouth at him, right? Even if they're loading the box, you say, okay, we're gonna try to beat you with numbers here, right? But um, well, it doesn't matter. None of it matters right now. It's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme. Like I said, coming, it's just not, it's not a season you, definer at all. You let one, it, it would have been you let time. one, you let one that could have been real nice kind yeah. of slip through, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and honestly, it's like none of the first, all the first games are the, oh, the first game losses are similar to that, right? Like Louisville. I mean, like right out of the gate, nobody was yeah. expecting it. And Purdue hung with Lamar Jackson. Right. right. I mean, like it, it's like, Purdue does this in the first game. Um, Purdue Northwestern tends to... looked like the better team to me. Like and that that's, opener, that's right? that was yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's I mean, onward and upward. The the thing that the, the there there is a contingent of anti Brom, clearly anti Brom Purdue fans, which is very, very interesting, strange. very weird to me. Right? We've all I think you guys are a lot better about analyzing stats. But the one thing you that, that's really easy to analyze here. As a Purdue fan, if you've been around for longer than four seconds, is Purdue's history is Purdue's history in football. And when you have a guy that's exceeding, yeah, you know, he, 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 the, the program's different. Even if they, you know, they had a bad season in there, that um, regardless of where you uh, attribute that, Brum's better than than the Purdue average in in Purdue football history, right? Mm-hmm. Brom is in; he's close. He's close. To getting up, like you, I think you guys both talked about, getting that top three conversation, top four conversation, all-time Purdue coaches. If he can have one or two good more, uh, one or two more good seasons, and when I say good, I mean seven or eight win seasons. I don't think nine or ten even has. I mean, yeah, to me, I, like I said the last time, in terms of context, like into like this was such a critical period, uh, like just because of right. timing, right. right? Because of everything changing. It's yep. so important for Purdue to have a meaningful football team. And Purdue did not have one. Purdue was one of the five worst power five teams, mm-hmm. you know, in the last four seasons, um, like in the four seasons kind of preceding him. And so with that context and with the fact that Purdue's going to rake in all this money um, because they're on such solid footing, like I'd say he is, 
pretty clearly and pretty easily in that, you know, one of the most important coaches just in any sport in Purdue history, right? Yeah. So again, not, you know, wins and losses, you want to see, you want to see more kind of signature wins, right? But like, so, so let's, speaking of that. But anyway, it's like, but you can, but yeah. you can still like, the point is you can still like criticize, right? It's like, we can still sure. say, man, I get that you don't want to run the ball. I get that you know, looking at uh, watching the post games and the interviews, it's like, it's pretty clear. He doesn't think that Purdue can run the ball, right? but right. the two things are kind of run counter to that one is that I think one of the strengths coming out of this game is Purdue's offensive line. I feel yep. great about Purdue's offensive line. I mean, like they kind of they, played 12 offensive linemen and 12 defensive linemen. It, yeah, the trenches, this is the best trenches since Michael's days at on Purdue's campus, time. right? Yep. Well, and I think that like I look at this game and I don't have any major concerns out of any of the units. I mean, right. Penn State is a quality program who, who recruits whether they are successful this year or not. Who right, knows. whether they're executing or not, right? But like they get a different tier of athlete in the door than Purdue does. And I think no Purdue handled themselves very well, especially as Anish said, against their defensive line. Yeah. Their their front seven is pretty good, pretty athletic, and Purdue did a good job. I think we're talking more about decision making and mistakes, things like fumbles, things like not not tackling with proper form, that sort of stuff, rather than holy crap, like we are we line no up next to these guys right, and yeah, we're right. Let's think let's think back to a game not long ago where Purdue really got manhandled. That TCU game a couple years ago, mm. right? Purdue was absolutely manhandled in the trenches. They're, they're, that they're a that's a physical southern team that right. came up against this soft these soft northern yep. boys. Yep. And and this game didn't have that feel that feel at all, right? No. Even the Northwestern game, I think Northwestern's offensive line was really strong. And I mean they had a couple, I think they have a couple pros on that Northwestern team in the in the offensive line on the offensive line um but one thing i wanted to talk to you guys about i wanted to hear your take on this maybe do it publicly i don't think i warned you i was going to do this but i, I still want to do this um, no yeah, it's, it's not that go. big of a deal it's it's but the, the media, your eyes they're my favorite part of you your eyes <laughs> thank you yeah you don't ever it's my favorite part oh yeah boy. i know um, my, my favorite part is what i spam to the chat every now and then. right right <laughs> If everybody same started. for me actually yeah um well so okay so i've seen two different national media sources talk about it's pretty much a done deal jeff brahm is going to go to louisville at the end of the season okay and so i i said it to somebody i said it maybe on the on twitter because it was brought to my attention by somebody very uh, athletic talked about it uh and i think somebody from cbs talked about it. i'm not sure um Tom Fornelli talked about it actually mm -hmm. on his on his uh, podcast. Okay, so you've got two sources. I think Fornelli's a moron this year. I don't I don't usually think he is, but I think he's he's got some pretty bad takes going. Um, it's going to be me or him. I think they're going to be left standing at the end of this because we're. I I mean I think that's what it is. It's mano and mano. Um, but you have two national you know people talking about yeah Jeff Brom's going to go to Louisville. I think it's fun stuff to talk about because Brom threw gasoline on that fire by answering that really vague about how much he loves Louisville and all that stuff. Do you guys have any feeling, any gut at all that says, uh, yeah, I think there's, there's a really, really good chance that he's going to be at Louisville at the end of this season. If Purdue does this, like, is there a scenario where you'd say, yeah, that's the one that, that would push him out the door. I think 
I think Jeff Brom loves Purdue the way, or loves Louisville the same way that we love Purdue. It's a part of his family. It's part of his upbringing. And I think you can never deny that. However, looking at the job today versus the job, what was it, two, three years ago, we're in an entirely different climate. And Louisville is one of those teams that's probably going to be left out. Whenever this becomes a super conference or whenever it comes to super conferences, no one is making a play to bring Louisville on, not even because of their basketball team. So you're looking at leaving a Big Ten school that's fairly secure now in its position for a team that could look more like a Mac school five years from now. Right. And I think, I mean, that's got to play some some influence in his in his view. I, you know, honestly, if I'm Louisville, I throw a line out to Jeff Brom and see what sort of bite there is. I realize there's not going to be much, and then I hire Brian Brom. Right. That's what I do. And so that's, you know, that's the way there is another one there. He's not. And honestly, like, I kind of like, I would kind of like a new kind of voice in the, you know, in the offensive coordinator um, spot. I'd like a new kind of, you know, some, some kind of new flavor that would be nice. And just trying to see it because it is, um, you know, it is, you know, we always know that this is going to be Jeff's offense, right? I mean, like no matter who's going to, who's going to be in that spot, it's going to be Jeff's offense. And it's been nice that he's been able to have somebody that he's very comfortable with, yeah, but trust that's, yeah. it, but that's the play, right? Like if you're Louisville is that you put the feelers out, Jeff says, I don't know, maybe. Right. And like, then you bring another one home and you know, it's kind of an up and coming because Louisville becomes kind of, it's again, kind of luck of the draw, right? Pitt, Louisville, West Virginia, all of these teams end up on the wrong side of the line. Right. And that's probably the biggest thing that works in Purdue's favor. Again, that's why I said it's so lucky that fortunate, I should say that Purdue had Brom at this time because it's such a transition point and you know, it doesn't look like the NFL is going to have much appetite, you know, looking at Baylor's old coach um, down at Carolina, like it doesn't look like the appetite for college coaches is going to be there, you know, much anymore. Um, yeah. I wonder, so, I wonder about that. There's always an owner that, that seems like he, he that goes, seems to go through the process. Like I'm going to be the guy to get the right college coach. Right. Doesn't mm-hmm. it feel like NFL owners think that way? They're like, the okay, it didn't work can- there, but we've got the spot. Carolina's owner, I think might be the richest owner in the NFL. Now he's new, like he just bought the team. And so I, it's like a, a new billionaire who just bought this brand new shiny toy is going to outsmart everybody. Right. Really? That happens though. They hire urban Meyer, right? They don't hire, they don't hire produce head coach. Yeah. I mean, like, I I think then he's safe from the NFL. I think that, I think Louisville has to make a run. If I'm a Louisville fan, I have oh, to have hear to. rumors of them going after Brown. And, and honestly, like, you know, and so we're all bringing this up because Louisville got hammered by Syracuse, who happens to also be on Purdue schedule. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I tweeted this earlier, Louisville being bad or Syracuse being good is like neither of those are great outcomes for Purdue. Right. right. Um, <laughs> now, I think that Purdue can still handle um, Syracuse, but like, you know, you're kind of hoping that you're, you're kind of hoping that that was a little bit of an aberration. Right. right. I, I, and watching that score come up, I was like, OK, is this an indictment? Of Louisville, or is this just like wow, Syracuse is for real, and this is the Dino Babers team that we all thought he would have when he was hired. Mm-hmm. We all, I mean, everybody, the dumpster fire. We, we still, we still love 
uh, Dino papers. Though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. so here's an interesting thing for, that Kyle Siegel brings up. Surely Brom can't be unaware of what's happening with at Nebraska with Frost, not putting on the same planet as coach, which is, I, under, I understand your point here. Right. But the risk of ruining that They're favorite city relationship. Exactly. The bustling metropolis of, uh, you know, Lincoln. Um, I'm telling you, man, know. that place shocked me that like when I, I visited Lincoln a little bit ago, we, we passed through on the way to Wyoming and I, it, I did not have the experience I thought I would have. I mean, it's in Lincoln and it is a city and there are some similarities with Louisville. Number one, they're both, they're both, they're both Adidas schools. There's red and and I'm an idiot. Good. So that was something, but the, but the, the feel of the, the facilities, the fact that they are right in, it's not a college town. Lincoln's, right. I mean, I know but, yeah, everybody talks recruiting. about Lincoln is the, you know, is the state, but it's, it's a city and it's not, I think not like somehow recruiting, so. somehow recruiting to Louisville is going to be a lot easier than recruiting to, uh, you <laughs> right. know, to Lincoln, Nebraska. But yeah. the other thing, I mean, you know, that is the downside of the statute job, right? Which is like, what yeah. happens if it doesn't work? You know? Um, uh, I, I mean, I think we've seen plenty of examples of it working out and plenty. Yeah. Of oh, sure. Right. I don't For think sure. that's going to factor into but I, I uh, to his, your point, in his, Michael, in his thought process, right? Is, yeah. To your point, it is like you're you're jumping from the pros to kind of one double A there. And again, it's not it's not to compare Louisville and Purdue's athletic department, which we could do later. But mm-hmm. it is like just where you are on the Big Ten line, right? So and, I'm gonna I'm gonna be devil's advocate. There's one point that I think Louisville has Purdue licked on, um, and that is their nil. You know when they. Every time some, uh, somebody says, wow, they really had the NIL infrastructure set up. I don't know if I said this to you guys or my friends uh, off, off recording. But every time it says that, it's, it's a program that used to cheat. And now it's all – it's okay. It's legal. And so Louisville is clearly one of those programs. They, sure. They've had a history of it. And so their NIL program was set up really, really well. They had the, the machinery in place. And according to what I'm hearing, they've had very, very good – fortune on the nil side um purdue is is doing everything they can to catch up now you guys saw the a bunch of uh ex-purdue football players who have made money i I don't know if they're going to be faces of of that purdue uh group or if they're actually breeze gave a whole bunch of money i really don't understand any of this stuff all of it's still a mystery um but it, it was a big deal, I guess, a big shot in the arm for Breeze to be involved. And I think Aiken Odell's involved and a couple other ex. Uh, players, it's, so. You know, and the threat is always going to be there. And so you're kind of hoping that Scott Satterfield pulls it together. And so go Louisville, go is really yeah. what I'm trying to say. But the, right, uh, the other big right. thing is like in terms of what Purdue has to do. No, I don't think that there is there's much that um, that there's anything, you know, there's anything that Purdue you know, does, like there, nothing in Purdue season is, I think, going to impact that decision, right? No, I, I agree, and I, and I think Michael's comparison of how how much Brom loves Louisville, I think, is accurate, and it is a family affair. Mm-hmm. I've played golf with Oscar, and you can tell they they, they still they're still Louisville guys. So, um, I think you can stay a Louisville guy and then go and create Purdue. Yep, recruit them, recruit them to West Lafayette. Exactly, and I love put it. them in black and gold and bring them yeah. into the Big Ten. Bring them to the big leagues. That's it. Somebody, by the way, somebody ultimate boiler a minute ago. Um, it's been a few minutes in the margin said, "I don't remember a bubble screen." I actually do remember a bubble screen because Anish yelled out, "Bubble screen, bubble screen, bubble screen!" Right after it happened, I think it was to Jones on the right side, if I remember correctly. And I think it was early in the third quarter. Does that sound okay. right? Yeah. B- yes. It, fantastic. Because it actually worked. 
it right. usually with usually when Purdue runs bubble screens against these larger opponents, it does not. Again, this these are easy ways to do it. Okay, first we crossed out. It's the it's the you know uh, Purdue podcast bingo sheet that you're pulling out. We've already crossed the Louisville thing off. Here yeah. we've got to we've got to get to this because we mentioned Charlie Jones. He is so good. He is so excellent. He's Purdue's wide receiver number one this year. 150 yards in one game and 350 yards in one season at Iowa. And Iowa fans have the gall to go out there and say that Purdue cheated to get him. First of all, Purdue, are we serious here? Right, we just right. finished talking about this. Right, and right. second, why? There, there is your answer. There, you joke of a program. Right. Frauds. This entire fraudulent program. All you're doing is running mail fraud. You're running mail fraud for nine wins a season. Eight to nine wins a season. Congratulations to you. Well, what, what a, a joke. joke what a, a joke that they, they didn't see any upside to Jones to, to use him more. I mean, we thought that was yeah. the case coming in. But then you see Charlie Jones doing what he's doing where he's catching almost everything that comes his way. And then he's oh, yeah. deadly with the ball in his hands. They don't have the ability to use a guy like Jones. That's been the- it's right. That's the whole thing. So it's- why would you go? Don't go there. It's yes. like the, the right. why would you do it in the first place? Is what you're saying? Just pull up tape of them getting to seven points with yeah. two safeties and a field goal and say, <laughs> this is why you need anything an else. School. Against an FCS school. Jesus. What? I mean, Iowa is, it's incredible how they're able to win seven plus games. It's mail fraud. Now, all they're doing is it, it's tax fraud. That's all they're doing. Money That's laundering. how they're, it's money laundering. They're money laundering. They're, they're not making widgets. They're, NF, they're an NFT factory. They're pumping out. Nine wins, eight nine wins a season, and they're producing nothing for a virtual a virtual football card. A That's Hall of it. That's all card. you get. Congratulations! Yeah. Did yeah. we have fun? Congratulations! Hey, well, I, I got a question from I got a question from Twitter that I think is applicable because it's it's a good follow up right here. Um, the noodle says, beside Charlie Jones, which player's performance last week was the most promising to you guys? Um, I, I mean, again, like my answer, what the, the biggest upside and the biggest kind of, you know, watching in person, but also it's the thing that you get watching in person. Like I think is kind of route run, like you see route running yep. a lot better. Yep. I hate the angle that we get on TV. And so, because you can't see the action, right? You can't see routes developing. You can't see the quarterback making actual reads. You can't mm-hmm. really see holes that well. Yeah. Um, so this is my plea for the, you know, behind the, you know, behind the line kind of view, but when you're in person, you can see it's like Charlie Jones would be like, was the, was the guy that kind of stood out, um, you know, uh, most clearly when you're watching highlights, like extended highlights when watching the game like on film, the best part about that is that you see the lines really well. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I mean, like the fact that you saw like, and lines aren't something that when you're in person, you, you can see the number, you don't see the people kind of coming in and out. You don't really notice the numbers as much unless you're in the end zones. And so it's tough to keep track in person. So when you're watching on TV, when, rewatching that was the thing that like stood out the best and it's not kind of one performance it's just like the the fact that purdue is deep and trusts their trenches again like that's and and can throw you know continues their their um you know uh doing well through the yard through the air is like that's the good the, the well, good stuff we got to talk about chris jefferson who oh, the I peak six a fantastic even outside of the 
the pick six. He was solid. He was good all day. Yeah. Position. Yeah. If a lot of passes believe, defended. I believe he led the team in tackles. Did he? That might not be. Uh, he was up there. I, I don't he know. Was, if he it was, I mean, it was still, you know, Graham Trice were still kind of, you know, we're still kind of dominating. The it's interesting. There are a couple side, plays but... where, like, because Graham is doing so much. If you watch Man, him, he's he is pro. all over the oh, field. He's a pro. And they're using him in different ways. He's dropping back in coverage. He's, he's, He's guarding guys in the flat. He's coming up, uh, blitzing. Not enough as as I would like to see, but that's just because he's playing really kind of a hybrid safety linebacker. Spy. Role. It's all yeah. you, you're. You're just playing a spy, right? Yeah. I mean, that's it. But that, but on that Jefferson play, if you watch that, he set a legit block, and yeah. then he set a pick, like with yeah. his hands up and just kind of ran interference. Which always makes me nervous because right. that is the thing that gets called. Put your hands up. Everybody sees it. Hands up, hands up, face them, face them. Yeah. But like, okay, so so uh, I looked it up. Jefferson had seven tackles, led the okay. team. Number two, do you know? Cam Allen. Okay. Oof, I, I don't, I don't know he had a couple this. missed tackles on top yeah, of that. The, See, the, the defensive backfield, as good as they were in coverage, you had – Allen had two missed tackles. We had uh, yeah, Taylor. Reese Taylor. Taylor had yeah. three missed tackles, and then you had um, on the Sanusi big Kane one. Had a, on had the big one, it was Kane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But that, the, all, the thing is, they were all in position to make the play. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. And so yeah. I think this is. I think this is curable. It's. I think when it's your two curable. safeties have a combined thirteen tackles between them, you're. You're. That's telling me that your safeties are being aggressive. Because Purdue mm-hmm. didn't give up a lot of big plays. Right. Being right. aggressive, they're in position. It's the first game of the season. You see stuff like dumb penalties and missed tackles and like sure, those sort sure. of like head mistakes. So I'm, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wish Cam Allen would have been roughed up, you know, especially that touchdown in third quarter. But like, yeah. still, they made some, they made some good plays and, and I was, I, I was mean, impressed by it. And the, the offense looked great in the third quarter. I mean, coming out of halftime, the offense looked like, you know, charged. That was right? a good counterpoint or counter punch by Brom, right? Mm-hmm. I think he had those guys ready to go. And in spite of the really poor ending, to that first half, uh, they they I mean quickly they twisted it. They made it they they made it Purdue's game. And by the beginning of the fourth quarter, when you really watch this, my son and I watched it again, and I think it felt like okay, this is Purdue's game now. Things mm-hmm. were had really really the momentum was I mean, really going Purdue. And way. again, imagine if it wasn't. And again, you you the game wouldn't be played the same way, so you can't really do this. But imagine without that seven points that you gifted Penn State. Imagine if you had another three or another seven on the board. You know that end of half. You ju- that's free points. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like against a team like Penn State, I don't care how off kilter they are. I don't mm-hmm. care how good Purdue is in the trenches. Like against a team like Penn State, when you're a team like Purdue, you cannot just give away a possess like give away 10 point swings like that, right? 10 to 14 point swings. I mean, anytime yeah, look, you me, lose ahead, by Michael. anytime you lose by you know, a possession basically. You're going to look back and you're going to say if not for this, if not for that. Right, right. And I think one of the things about this Purdue team that's very encouraging is that they're in this position where they're playing a, a program like Penn State. And, and I'm not a moral victory guy, but like they, they it, this wasn't a thing where they were hanging on by a string the whole game right. and then just like lost at the end. We've seen that script play yeah, right. a number of times. They were controlling the game in the second half. And, you know, that's good. It's like, okay, let's look for something positive to come out of this loss. That's mm-hmm. a thing that's positive that comes out of this loss. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not a. Um, I think your your point completely, Michael's. We've we've seen the games where you kind of foreshadowed this last week with the idea that I think you said that it's a different Purdue team because the the margin for error isn't as isn't as thin. I, mm-hmm. I think it was you who said that, and that was on display. Um, that the thing that everyone needs to keep in mind. Okay, there are matchups that are good and bad for Purdue, right? Penn State has horses physically. And the right. defensive backs, man, the pass coverage. Right, right. I don't think this means Aiden O'Connell is going to be a 55 to 60% pass uh, pass completion guy this season. I think it means he ran up against a team that has has guys that on an island, they're they're really, really good. And we talked about we talked about thinking that idea. I still think after watching them, are they better than Wisconsin's defensive backs? To me, that's it's going to be a two-horse race at the end of the season. Well, I, I think Penn State's the best defensive backfield that Purdue will see. I, I don't think it's pretty close. And again, yeah. I think it's it was strength versus strength. And Aiden O'Connell, and, and the, I should say the Purdue offense, you know, until the last drive kind of did mm-hmm. a, you know, or, t- you know, the until the second half of the fourth quarter, like did all that they could and put themselves in good positions. Um, you know, you're, you're tilt, you're trying to tilt the board, you know, in, in your favor at that point. Yep. And the, you know, you could say the the puke six kind of was off, was the thing that offset that end of half's touchdown. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, you know, once you're getting, the other thing is like, you know, it, this was a, th- this was, uh, another similarity that Brom and, and Tiller have, right. Which is that their offenses, like, because they um they're such aggressive offensive play callers through the through the air like you need an aggressive defense that relies on takeaways when things are going your way right and the the thing that they don't have yet is that like tiller never really had it and and maybe actually for the kyle orton teams he did was that sense of when the defense is tired that Mm. playing into when you just need to buy more time and just looking at that, looking, I, the puke six was great, but the fact that you run 60 yards and you puke your guts out <laughs> is one thing that's like, it's a sign that says that the defense is tired. You know, by the time the last drive that Penn State has, you know, for the go-ahead touchdown, like, you know that they're gassed and that's going to play into it, right? And you you really have to have, like, that has to play into how you call the offense. And that was the last thing that kind of swung in Penn State's. In Penn State's yeah. Paper. And that, that, that comes back to a problem that we saw last year that I was hoping was really gone, honestly, or, I, or maybe I was hoping the personnel could make uh, or minimize it. And that is that you just keep allowing the other team to have shots at the defense, right? Yeah. Gosh, darn it. Like regardless of how hot and humid it is, because it was hot and humid. And there's a reason that Jefferson threw up. The conditions were kind of rough, but the, but the fact you're like, okay, you're going to give three drives in a row. Penn State wasn't really doing much to say we're taking this game away. They were Clifford doing the minute after two minute dri- two minute drives as well. Clifford has moments, like he has right. moments where you can see the talent and you can see him moving, keeping his shoulders square. Yeah. yeah, you know, like keeping his head downfield and making the completion. But wow, is he like lower half of the Big Ten in quarterbacks? And it's like when you're Penn State, you can't you can't keep playing that guy. Right. Well, they can well, because I think they. You talk about a coach that doesn't have any faith in the guys behind him. 
Franklin's Man, got nothing. Like he doesn't have so any love for that. Franklin for that has the next Saquon Barkley that actually like that was on the Did field he get in the game? for a couple. He had yeah. like two or three okay. runs and like he averaged seven too. yards a carry. Yeah, he looked. He's good. a true freshman, eighteen years old. And then he's Great. got that five star. He he's got that five star um, quarterback, you know, behind him. Again, I'm glad we pay, played Penn State this year mm-hmm. and not, you know, in the years to come. But, he's yeah. not playing them because there's growing pains that are going to yeah. come. With right, what, and he doesn't want to lose five games this season, so yes. he's yeah. playing the like we've seen this before. But yeah, they're going to. I be mean, if, if 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 they lose five or six games, I mean, he. But his is a billion dollar buyout probably. <laughs> oh, the, the, well, he he's got like he's he he fired his agent and he hired Jimbo Fisher's agent, <laughs> and so he has the Jimbo Fisher of the North contract. It's the best. Goodness gracious, it's, you guys saw that we, we talked about this. Ed Orgeron uh, <laughs> had had the best quote, the most honest quote <laughs> in a in a in a press engagement earlier this week. <laughs> And it's Anisha's dream. You can expound yeah. upon it, Anisha. But I mean, yes, like... I mean, like that's here's the thing. We all know that capitalism is a scam, and so if you give me money, like life changing money, to go away, yeah, I'm taking that every time. Oh, and so, Ed, yeah, exactly. I'll leave. I will no longer bug you for seventeen and a half million dollars. And so, Ed was like, the AD called me in the room in his Ed voice. And I was like, things are not going well. And in his, in his Ed voice, he was like, even Stevie wonder can see that brother. And he was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. he's like, you've got $17 million on your contract. We're going to give it to you. And Ed's like, which door do you want me to go out of? And when do you want me to leave? The, the, the refreshing thing is not that like, it's, I don't think I've ever heard a coach say that. Have you? Because Ed realizes that he like that everything was in shape. Like, first of all, he got his speaking of statue jobs, Ed, that guy got to coach Louisiana State University to maybe the greatest football season of all time. Right. I mean, like and, you know, you get to coach Joe Burrow. You could get that staff together. You got those wide receivers. You had that defense like it is in it is in conversation for the greatest college football team. Clearly one of the most fun in recent memory, if nothing else. A lot of fun. Well, and and he's not going to Ole Miss. You know what I mean? Right. Right. The job. Yeah, that yeah. that was his job. He did it, and he mm-hmm. did it better than anybody has done. Anybody except uh, Nick Saban has done any job in the history of college football. And so it's like, yeah, I'll take seventeen million. He got a ring and seventeen million dollars from the school that he like has <laughs> an unparalleled love for. Yeah, it's the best. And he got to see Brian Kelly fail his hundred million dollar replacement. He got to see him fail the next week, which was wonderful. I think we all, for all of us, can just be united in the fact. Right, that- <laughs> there are so places Kat- we can all meet, and watching Brian Kelly fail is one of those we can all meet there. I was so I you know spent the second half of the weekend with the in-laws at the in-laws family it was very wonderful in northern Mm -hmm. indiana they were all you know former and semi-current notre dame fans but i've converted them to purdue first it's a great it's a good time but you know sam's grandma lives in south bend and like was is you know lifelong you know notre dame fan so she'll root for she'll she's the nice old grandma that roots for everybody but like it's like roots pretty fiercely and the amount 
let me tell you, in South Bend, the number mm. of TVs that were on Sunday night rooting against Brian Kelly yeah. and were still so happy that they had Marcus Freeman on right. their sideline rather than like Brian Freeman Kelly. looked like he had that that group prepared too. I mean, like that was <laughs> yeah. I, I was, was trying awesome. to prepare the, you know, I was trying to prepare them with my big college football knowledge. And I was like, this Ohio State team is just too good. Like they're they are right. one of the three, four best teams. They're you know, three, two best teams in the country. Mm. And they're gonna get stomped. And for that first half, Notre Dame they matched them punch for punch, right? Right. I, right. I, Pretty I wanna, impressive for a team that's in transition, right? Because they're yeah. Their quarterback, a lot of Notre Dame fans that I talked to are like, yeah, we're not real sure what's how good this guy will be starting a full season. So. Ima- but also imagine that their coach lost a game and didn't throw anybody under the bus. It's wild how that can work. It's crazy. He was it's like, crazy. we've just got to go back. That was a great team across the sidelines there. We've got to get better. Yep. Like Brian Kelly coach. was not prepared. South Bend did not prepare him. <laughs> for what the SEC media is going to do oh. to him. It's a different thing. You're the only game in town, man. Chubby in alive. It's crazy. You, you, said, you saw that. I mean, so Mike was referring to when, you know, the, he he scolded. He, this is in typical, you know. It was such a dumb thing to dominating do. Dominating right? thing. Like, yeah. it, they had a noon conference, like a noon press conference, and the press didn't show up until 11.57, and he got, you know, he got all pissy about it. He and, and like one of the reporters was like, well, maybe if you win. And she was clearly saying that as a joke, but like nobody enjoys joking with, with Brian Kelly. I mean, like nobody. And Brian Kelly does not play that nice, like he self-effacing humor. Guy. No, no, he was mad. He, uh, I mean, I said in our chat that he, he lost twice in week one because he has absolutely just bombed the media thing down there which is well, such let me ask you guys a question like i always wonder this like i get i get some weird twitter interactions because we are boiled sports from iu fans at times that don't make any sense i'm always like why would you talk shit right now when you don't have anything to stand on you're not in a strong you're not in a position of power yeah what happened to ledo iu fans yeah <laughs> come on but Love but no everything. brian kelly was not in a position of power to make the joke that all you media people need to be in place now because I'm I'm running a tight ship and yeah. big things are happening. We got a new sheriff in town. He wasn't in that position. So he was like an IU fan, and then he got it just shoved right down his throat, which was can awesome. I, it's can a I different also, environment, man. It's a down different south. environment. It, and in, in Louisiana, coaching LSU, is that purple? Get out of here. Mm-hmm. This is the other – This here's the other thing I'm railing against. Either you're five minutes early, or and if you're on time, you're late. No, that's not how on time works. Mm-hmm. On time means you're on time. What are you talking about? Also, they don't work for him. They don't work for him. In, if he in wants South to Bend, start it at 11.55 and no one's there, then fine. It's his press conference. Do whatever. But I think that that point Anish said, though, that's it. Because they, they were state media in South Bend, right? He controlled I mean, it's, the it's, thing. It's almost state media in West Lafayette. So it's like it's oh, friendly it's, it's media. Close. Here, and that's man. the thing. It's a hard job for some of our friends. We know these people that work because there. It's, it's there's tough. no leverage, right? right? I mean, like, and you right. don't have the frenzy behind you to – make to to make it okay to give you that license to push and push and push right like there's a skill to handling the media in sec and i've seen a little bit of that 
up front. Oh, you got, being down oh, here at, at I A&M. mean, like your hometown A and M, Jimbo. I mean, Jimbo, like he's a pro. They're Jimbo's a pro. Saban's a pro. Like these guys know how to like do Leech. that. When you I do it by Leech. like you buddy buddy up with the guy that's been around with his radio show for the last forty years, and you have like your little inner circle, and they provide enough of an insulation. But you have to like you got to give like a little. Like Saban is very. Um, uh, Call into fine bomb every now and then, and and you just you're not a you're not a dictator. Saban's not a dictator. Like Jimbo's definitely not a dictator because that dude knows that if he really starts going after it, like they'll 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 run him out on a rail in no time. I mean, it's just a different environment. And Brian Kelly thinking that people care about him just because he's Brian Kelly. I think he's got another thing coming, man. I think, I think Justin said this. I think Jay money said this when he was hired or, or it was you, Michael, one of you two, but it's a win-win because either Brian Kelly loses and it's the funniest thing in the world or, and it's, and Brian Kelly becomes the first coach since Jerry DiNardo to lose at, um, you know, at LSU, right. To not win a title, let alone be a failure at LSU. Um, or he wins, and we hate the SEC and everything. It's the funniest thing in the world because this yeah. idiot is like going not. into the SEC and winning. He will not. He no. I, he no, he's he got three years. He's got three years, and then he is going to be like coaching Vanderbilt because <laughs> <laughs> there is no way that he's going to be successful. He doesn't have the tools. He doesn't have. Man, the- speaking of people who controlled state media, I mean, less miles. Like, I mean, yeah. it, like it, it uh, yeah. say many things you want about him. The one thing that he knew how to do is glad hand with the local media. Right. And, uh, yeah. and recruit how to oh, go yeah. into these kids' houses. And Brian Kelly doesn't recruit his, his assistants recruit for him. So like, and call up Freeman to, to close it out. Oh, oh, oh wait. Oh, oh. Can't really do that, can we? How about Tommy and, Reese? Oh, wait. And if you're going to sit there and you're going to rip, you know, the pride of Baton Rouge, like the pride of, you know, the eighth ward, whatever. I don't care. Like some local kid who's, who's yeah. like uh, been in the newspaper since he's been in the eighth grade. You're not like, they're going to yeah. tell you to go screw yourself yeah. when you try to get that next class. I am taking such delight in his inevitable favor. I'm going to like savor it. I'm going to watch LSU lose with a cloth over my head to hide my shame from the Lord, just like I'm eating, <laughs> eating whatever that dish is that the Frenchie, the bird, the, the baby bird dish. Like uh, it's just going to be amazing. There's a lot of things I wouldn't eat that are, that are, that are served down in Creole country. Um, so Michael, are ball you, ball are ball you ball. in a position where you can give five more minutes? Or are you about done? What, 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 I've, you... I've got about 15. And then okay. Gonna... Okay. Can we, can we ask a couple questions via Twitter? Rapid okay. fire okay. question time brought to you. Okay. By Martin okay. Finish. So this is a great uh, question and I, and I don't think there's a real answer. It's the noodle again. It says, where's the best place to park for a night Purdue game? If you want to get to your, get to the, wait, get to the hotels out at 65 in less than two hours. <laughs> I was so, so we had an Airbnb kind of mess up. I, so first of all, it, just a quick thing, the 26 and 65 exit is closed. So that awesome. makes that a nightmare. Makes so we switched to an Airbnb on this side of the, of like five minutes away from Purdue West. And it was yep. beautiful. Uh, Michael, do you have any suggestions? Uh, no. The moon. I, like, yeah, like, I, I, I go into I go into these games saying I'm not going to get to sleep till 3 a.m. Um, 
Mrs. Boiler Dad said she was asleep by 2.40. I, I stay up because I'm wound up. I was asleep by 3.45 probably. Um, just embrace the suck is my advice. Uh, yeah. So it's tough, guys. I don't know the answer. I think every year it's a shock to the good folks in the West Lafayette and Purdue Police Departments that there are fans there for the night's game, night game. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't you mean cell, fans with cell phones, too. Yeah. Goodness gracious. So, I yeah, apologize to everybody that was messaging me because it was like I didn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nothing. Isn't that great? So uh, yeah, I couldn't. I, I don't know if you guys are like this. You leave a Purdue game and then you're like, you know, like 7,000 messages because you've barely been able to cobble together like one letter responses to five. I said, I, I looked back at my and timeline and one tweet went through and it was pain. And I'm pretty sure that was when that was during the last, uh, that was during the last drive. And so that's, you know, that kind it of worked. was fitting. Yeah, that was good. fitting. That's fine. So let me, let me, uh, here's another question from Twitter. This is, uh, oh boy, where'd I, let's see. Um, John Rogers says at the end of the season, looking back, will Penn State have been the best opponent Purdue plays? Uh, I still think Wisconsin. Is going to be yeah, right. Wisconsin. Yeah, I think overall Wisconsin's better. We talked about the defense, so I think Penn State's defensive backs, like pass defense, is probably the best. Is definitely the best that they'll play, but Wisconsin's a better team. But I think yeah. Penn State is a clear number two. I don't think there's anyone close to Penn State yeah. unless they like completely fall apart. But I don't see that. Okay, this uh, Brad Eban has a question. Uh, this one uh, kind of hurts as I as I read, and, and I'll read it aloud here. Which part of the handsome hour is more misleading, handsome or hour? Uh, well, By the hour. way, I love you guys. Please don't hate me. I've been dying to hear this discussed at length. And, and by the way, I think he's not been paying attention because I've told you guys this is something my dad has literally said to me. The handsome hour is neither handsome nor an hour. <laughs> The the hour part is the joke. The, it's right. not. We can't do it, even though we just hit our hour mark. And Very we're close. Out. It's fine. We're close. Yeah, we're in good shape. So, um, you guys have uh, been a part of the handsome hour for. Too I wish long. I could tell you how long that the title existed, but um, you did up the the handsome quotient, so that was nice. Um, but I, I I don't I don't know the answer, and I I think it's a hard thing to do. We we have this running joke. If uh, Brad stay if you, handsome, stay handsome is not hard to do. The hour is hard to do. Right, but we we have a, the whole thing is a tidy forty minutes. We've been saying that <laughs> for at least four years. It's great, and I don't think we've ever had a tidy. Yeah, show. yours yours are usually thirty minutes on your own. It's fine. Yours right. are they under. Started out. They down started out at like. Eight minutes, right. like like they were perfect. And now when they show up in my feed, it's like thirty four minutes. Oh boy, that's, an, that's a, and you say to yourself, "Nope, not that one." <laughs> it's the meat. Yeah, no, it's it's good. Yeah, no, the hour for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can tell you that um, I, I'm probably going to try to do a pregame on Friday just to discuss a little bit. Um, uh, one, we can close out here. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Indiana State. Um, if you, if you have any trepidation, do you think back to uh, Ricardo Allen saving a game? Do you have any of that? I mean, or do you just say, oh, I love that. Bet, this better not Man. be a close No, game. I hate that callback. That was a terrible callback. Why would you make me remember this? I had that memory. Right. In it's my in head. my head already. So, yeah. It's, I had not thought of that since five seconds after it happened. So, do you remember that game? Because Indiana State had a good running back that Purdue could not stop all day. Yeah. Which was like so typical Purdue of that. Right. It's like if there's one good player, no matter how crappy the rest of the team is, he's going to look like a Heisman candidate. Like that's going to be their whole NFL tape is going to be right. against the Golden Black. Yeah. Right. Wow. 
Anish, um, you have no concern? You feel pretty good? I have no concern against Indiana State. Um, I would hope that there's no concern. It, and it's interesting to see if we see... They squeaked one out versus the, North Alabama. Does that we, change your... It, I, I think I'm okay. I think I'd be. I think I'd be seeing what backups we can get into there, and what which backup quarterbacks we'll see. Um, that'll be interesting. Well, that's this is one. If I if you want to give a, there are a couple things you can you can say. Hey, Jeff, can we can we do this this time? And one of them I would say is maybe he will because it's it's a different thing where you've got a clear starter early in the season. Let's bench AOC early if they get up mm-hmm. by three touchdowns. I, let's yeah, let's too. see who's behind I mean, like, them, and that's yeah. the interesting thing. Do you use yeah. some of Brady Allen's reps now, and, and yeah. or do you because, say we're going to see Alamo, we're going to see Burton? I think Burton obviously is going to come and run a run the but offense. But Burton is Burton is the short term, you know, short term oh, yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like it's either Alamo or um, uh, the kid uh, Brady oh. Allen, yeah. and so who we sat next to Brady Allen's um, family friends actually and they were like they were talking about him and they're like this is the best kid of all time like it's just it you, purdue fans have no idea is so it's gonna be fun so um, this this is gonna be the uh we're gonna have a good time in the next couple of years i think so uh, and so it's like i i'd say let alemo and alan you know take the show and that's the difference between any of these last years is that you like this is the first time that purdue has an undisputed, undisputed number one no questions asked starting quarterback nobody's going to have their feelings hurt when he starts again, you know, next week. And so sure. it's like, yeah, let's. let's okay. Do. Okay. Here, I got one more question from me for both of you. Each of you guys, this will be the last question. If you guys are okay with that, mm-hmm. I want both of you to give me a, a player of the game for Indiana state. Just looking in your crystal ball. Who's going to be. Anish, you got to go first. I'm uh, I, I, uh, Jalen Graham. Okay. Like, okay. It's not like you're you're putting an NFL player against Indiana State, like, and he was all around everywhere. I mean, like, that's the first. You know, right, he looked really good first, against a bunch of four and five star athletes. So. Defense is the first thing that kind of you know comes to me. I don't know how much they're going to break the first line. Um, and so Jalen Graham score? If they do. I hope so. That'd be fun. That would be. Yeah, awesome. It'd be fun to see him with the ball. Okay. Will Charlie Jones score? Yes. Yeah. Thrice. It'd be know, nice on special teams. I I want to see that. I want to see that special teams anything. Okay. I'm going to go with your player. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, King Dogu. I like it. And I can understand. I can understand why you'd say that, right? You're like, okay, this is a game you should be able to run the ball, right? Yes. All right. This this to me is like the O line. I think did a good job against a very good Penn State front seven. And this is an opportunity for. King Doru to get out in space and break a hundred yards. To me, if he goes over hundred, I'm going to say like, I'm going to go 121 is my number for him rushing yards. And if he hits that, I think that's a really good game. Uh, and, and like, don't you think it would be a perfect kind of Jeff Brom middle finger to everybody asking the running question just, run, just like, to keep time. running, right. yeah, just to run the ball. Down oh, here's your damn DMC's running game. Throat. Here it comes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, my player of the game, I'm going to say Payne Durham. And I think it's going to be a lot of frustration is going to come out. He, he was bottled up a lot. He played a really good game with very limited opportunities and O'Connell, O'Connell missing him on a couple uh, chances yeah. too. So I think Payne Durham is going to have a monster game. And I think he's going to have a, a big uh, – he almost did it, by the way, versus Penn State where he breaks the tackle and he keeps oh. going. So I think we'll see that. So. that I, and that was the thing I meant to bring up earlier. Man, Garrett Miller against a – 
um, kind of pass, um, kind of against the defensive backs, against the pass defense that Penn State had. The loss of Garrett Miller was huge. Yeah, was huge. I mean, it like just the the second kind of safety valve just to have underneath. Um, again, so you can't just put everything, uh, you know, against kind of Purdue's number one guy, right? Um, number one guy in the middle. So, um, you know, and then the other thing, like I hope King has a has a huge game, but like Horvath was is actually been like a significant loss. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, oh, yeah. I, and I, I, you know, you see him making the chargers, you see him like, I mean, he's a real player, right? Mm-hmm. We yeah. saw him last year. Um, but it's just like you, coming into the season, I guess that's one of the guys that I didn't realize would be such a big loss to the running game. And to the point where now it's like, even with a good line, Jeff doesn't seem to have too much, um, you know, confidence in in anyone kind of back there. Well, he would, I mean, uh, Horvath not would like get he the had huge yards, confidence. Right? Yeah, so. yeah, not like he had huge confidence in Xander anyway. But like, no. it he was a weapon, and he, he well, was and he would use him to catch those short little passes yeah. out of the backfield. And so it's With like I'm like get Tyrone Tracy. Play. Like I, yeah. I want more touches to Tyrone Tracy. Like if you get him receiving running back, you know what I mean. Like it's now's fine. the now's the time to do it, right? Let's yeah. let's yeah. tune that up in the next couple of games. Right on, right on. So, well, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, Jared Gallum, my pal, says uh, Finneran's gonna have a day. Let's sure hope not, Jared. Let's let's hope it's not the Finneran day or the um, oh the Aussie punter. Um, let's hope neither of them are too featured. Um, in fact, I hope. All we see is points after from Finneran. Um, but uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in live. Thanks to uh, my co-host Anish and Michael. Uh, Godspeed to uh, Michael's Hummingbird. 